And I was like, well, I guess I'm not going to beat the foundation DLC because I'm about to freaking stop doing this. And right as I was, I was kind of mindlessly just shooting at it. And I was just like, mm, going to stop in three, two, one. And boing, it just, I shot the last thing off and it was, it formed the sphere and finished that section. I was like, oh. Wow, that was like the closest I've ever come to quitting without having to actually quit. Hello and welcome to Another Dead Pixel, a podcast about games, entertainment, anime, life, a little bit of everything in between. I'm your host today, Joe, and with me, as always, the man who likes to steal candy from children during Halloween, Nick. How are you doing, Nick? Doing pretty good. I mean, really, the the best way to do it is just is just smash and grab. You know, uh, if it's like two kids, I'll uh, I'll uh, well, I'm not going to admit to anything that I actually do here, but but um, grabbing the grabbing the bag, um, coming from behind, grabbing the bag, and just keep just keep running. Um, you want to make sure there's not too many kids around and there's not too many adults around uh but yeah that's um you heard it here first nick comes from behind when there isn't too many people around all right uh i'm just letting you know just all be careful around his neck of the woods uh i just assume you surprise them with a blast of like you know photography flashing blind them and then take advantage while you can and bolt um (laughs) fill in the blanks uh, with all your imagination and you know sensor where need be yeah the the photography flashes uh those worked pretty well in like 2019 but but now it's not as uh it's not as good it doesn't really work anymore so it's just it still works it's just not really worth the effort um but yeah you got to look for smart kids though because smart kids get the chocolate uh every once in a while though you run into a kid a bag full of candy that's just it just sucks it's all it's all candy corn and uh, yeah, you don't really want that. So you have to just, you have to dump it. I so I usually like, I'll usually go to, um, I'll usually go to like, uh, somebody's backyard and just like dump it out in the backyard. Uh, keep... especially if it's someone you don't like, so just make sure all the rodents come into their yard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just kind of keep moving. <laughs> so, yeah. No, the, the area around here, man, the, 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 the adults really up their game because there used to be like no kids. And now, post COVID, uh, a lot of families moved into the area, and a lot of a lot of younger kids, and a lot of parents are like, "Yeah, you want some drinks?" And like, "What?" I'm like, "All right." And everyone's now everyone has like a, a thermos of some sort as they're walking around. And I'm like, "Yeah, we're all gonna get in trouble if the cop decides to check our shit." But whatever. <laughs> it's okay. It's just a little neighborhood party, so no big it deal. It pretty much is. It becomes a decent little block thing, but. Uh, yeah. So how have you been, uh, the last couple of weeks here? Otherwise doing okay. Um, doing okay. Got a little chilly this past week in Texas. So what? Like 70? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like <laughs> below 80 degrees. I think it was actually around, it was in the fifties. I think it was like 40 something, uh, in the, in the, as, as the low one morning, which was a little weird. But yeah, it's, um, so it's got back up to, I think it was 90 today. It'll be like, all right, it'll be 90 tomorrow. I don't know, but it's, uh, gotten back up again. It's always tricky. It always does a little bit of a, 
little bit of a cool down. You think you're in the clear, but it's not, it doesn't actually get cool, cool until after Halloween. That is always a thing. And even then you can't really, you can't really count on it, but yeah. So, uh, that's the weather in Texas right now. Um, besides that, a lot of games coming out, not going to get to play too many of them, but a lot of games coming out and, uh, some news flying around and it's been pretty good so far. How about you, Joe? What's going on with you? Uh, been super busy. Uh, so I have a bunch of friends and family who uh, all have their birthdays around this time. So I just do a collective. Uh, I'm not going to celebrate your guys' birthdays individually. You all come over and we'll celebrate at my place. And, you know, we'll do a bigger party, essentially, is how I roll. And, yeah, so that was this last weekend. So happy birthday to all y'all who have October birthdays. Um, You know, and, yeah, uh, I also went to uh, uh, The Darkness uh you know, the old band came by for their um, their 20th anniversary tour uh, for their first album, Permission to Land. And so they played in Chicago on last Friday. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, small, small theater. Like, I don't know, when I went to Muse, it was maybe, that one was like maybe twice or three times as big uh, as far as, you know, it, but it was, that was still a small venue too, but this one was like really small. So it was pretty cool. Uh, I liked the fact that we we showed up a little closer to time and we got really good standing seats and uh, yeah it was it was fun <laughs> we were still pretty as old as I am I was still a part of the younger demographic there which was really funny <laughs> yeah I guess it's probably a lot of adults twenty years ago that were into the darkness and now they're uh, now they're even uh, more adults we're listening to people we're listening to people talk like these people talk about, yeah, this, you know, not, not that old back in the seventies when like this, like talking about like Santana and stuff. And it was just really funny. We're like, wow. You know, it's just, oh, my buddy and I were really trying to bite our tongues being like, man, yeah, that's like, our dads were really into that. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, no, there was one dude on the balcony just, uh, they had, uh, I think they were actually supposed to be like pressed or something, but going like hog wild and it was just it was really funny just to watch this like balcony full of people standing and have enjoying themselves but the one dude in the middle just just rocking out like solo by themselves i'm like you are bringing a very positive energy and it's hilarious and i love it uh it's is the right i'm like you know what if you're going to be in a balcony seat you might as well love every minute of it um that's you know <laughs> but yeah it was it was a good show uh they played the entire album uh permission to land and and, and a few other songs so instead of being like an hour long like they were supposed to uh they ended up playing for like an hour and a half Dang. uh so yeah good times yeah they did a really decent long encore and yeah uh did they have an opener fun time uh yeah is paris monster okay um okay uh i like kind of what they were kind of going for it's like a two-man band. Uh, that's really like was, that's really high praise for an opener. Okay, I mean, like, like I know that's kind of funny. It's good, like it sounds kind of mean, but that's really like that's about the best that you can reasonably hope for. Every once in a while, you'll get an opener that is really kick-ass and really good. Um, but but for the most part, just okay is uh, is about all you can expect. So that's good. Yeah, I mean they they started a little late. Uh, their bassist was in, in charge of the bass and electronics um they had like a you know like a 
a, you know, like a motherboard or daughter board or whatever, and some like, you know, like some switches and stuff to make like the pew pew noises. And then the other guy was vocalist, uh, a small drums kit and a little mini synth. Um, like I said, they were, they were okay. Uh, I think just the, that singer slash drummer thinks he's better than he is. His confidence over uh, like a little bit is more so than his actual skill level. And so he at like, he was jamming out to himself pretty good. Um, Buddy and I were like, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> you know, like, that's why they're okay. Yeah. Uh, and he kept on introducing the, uh, the the bassist as lead bassist. I'm like, where's the fucking second bassist? I don't see another bassist. You can't just call him a lead. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only um, bassist. But, and yeah. I'm like, and I don't think he actually introduced himself. Or maybe if he did, I wasn't paying attention. But I was like, are you the lead singer and the lead drummer? Um, you know, it was just. It was just silly, but no, like I said, they were, they're the right, they had gotten enough energy, but you know, you never want your opening act to like overshadow or like hype up too much, you know, like, so they were good to warm up the crowd. And then, uh, when the darkness came, you know, everyone was pretty much good to go. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah. But, uh, other than that, like I said, just busy long weekend. And that's why I unfortunately did not get a lot of time for other stuff. So, yeah, um, let's get to the news, and then we can get to what we've been playing. Yeah, so uh, first up, a little bit of old news. Uh, PS5 is going to have a slim model, which we talked about a little bit before the cast. is not particularly interesting. Um, it's not going to be that much smaller, at least not, not to me and not to you, I guess. Um, what is interesting, though, is that they are raising the price uh, for this model a bit whereas ps4 they lowered the price um and then they had uh what the the ps4 pro ended up taking the same price as the original ps4 isn't that is that right yeah so the the ps4 pro came in at the current baseline price and the slim dropped in price if i remember correctly right um and so yeah that was you know it's kind of the only thing is prices are going up. Theoretically, this thing should be cheaper to make. Uh, and that's why usually slims are cheaper. You know, they yeah. drop the price because, hey, pass on the value. People want to, you know, get more. Uh, but try to get more pricing, people into the console, get more, get a higher attach rate and and all that stuff. You know, get people, get more people who who every generation who, you know, wouldn't really be able to afford like. You know, like like young kids or or whatever, maybe second system people are like, hey, yeah, I'll go pick this up. But but they're sticking with uh, the five hundred dollar price point, um, and uh, pretty high similar price points in other regions as well. Um, so you brought up a really good question earlier. Like, so because of all this, is the PS Five Pro, if and when that comes out, uh, is that going to be even more expensive? And I mean, I'm kind of thinking it probably will be with you know. All signs pointing to yes. I mean, they're also, I mean, they're also starting to nickel and dime you for this and that. You know, they now have a, um, you know, the uh, vertical stand uh, oh, yeah, that I they're selling that. for, like, they're selling that for extra thirty bucks extra, I think. And then it's like, uh, I forget now how much it's like. I want to say it was like seventy or eighty for the hard drive. So the hard drive it costs more. Uh, you know, so obviously buying a disc version will save you money. Uh, and so they're they're kind of upping the prices and getting their cut wherever they can. Uh, 
it kind of is it's a kind of a leaves a bad taste in the mouth you know it's just like all right well some people are gonna be buying uh you know a digital copy for if they wanted a second one in their house right or something like that yeah i want one for the bedroom uh, or the other living room or something like that um so i can see people maybe picking this one up but yeah the percentage smaller isn't a whole lot um it's you know probably like what twenty five percent smaller at best you know maybe thirty, so uh, I don't even think it's yeah. even that much smaller. I mean, it seems like the the width and or the thickness of it is about the same. Really, the main thing is the height, that you know, two or three inches. Um, uh, I'm I'm not sure about shorter. the depth as well though. Uh, shorter, so uh, yeah, I mean, it does you know it doesn't look as wonky. Uh, my though the the two tone. Uh, color of this i'm not i'm kind of curious to see it in person because the top half is going to be glossy and the bottom's matte so you know okay. in, i'm not sure if i want i would want a glossy system especially after like the ps3 having one of the original ones of that that was uh very glossy and oh yeah you know very that. fingerprint and dust like apparent so uh i kind of like a more matte look to my console i think uh, that's just me personally though. So, you know, looks are, you know, subjective. So, but yeah, yeah they, the, they, they're upping all the prices where they can. And so if we're, whenever the pro model does come out, depending on how far out in the future, cause this is all coming out like next November, uh, these, these slimmer models. You so, mean 23 or this, this November. Okay. Okay. So that's when they're that supposed to come sense. out. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure uh, you were already like some places like Japan were already able to pre-order and stuff like that. And um, I haven't checked the, the marketplace here, but then again, I had I have no need for a second one yet. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I'll probably pull a trigger on a pro when the time comes uh, just to have a second, you know, uh, so my spouse and I can both play PS5 together like we do with the PS4. Um, yeah. And then, you know, chances are it'll probably end up playing just a few things more smoothly uh and if it helps with at all with vr i'm always up for it uh that's the whole reason why i bought the my first playstation 4 was the pro yeah i actually didn't buy it until then because i bought that and i bought the vr all together uh the first psvr one so yeah i mean i'm pro- you know that's how where i'm at it makes sense yeah i'm thinking you know i mean because when did this come out in 2020 uh 2019 it was 2020 right uh, yeah, I believe so. The original. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like, it would make sense for a PS4 Pro to come out next year, you know, next holiday season, um, a year with the Slim on the Market, P- uh, the whatever the Switch 2 is going to be, whatever the Nintendo's new system is going to be, uh, having been out for a little while. That's supposed to come out in the spring, I think. So, that would be the time to release it, I would think. Um so yeah, but when that comes out, uh, I'll be hard pressed. But I don't know. I I, I kind of don't really feel like the PS Five is really showing its age yet. I kind of feel like we're just now kind of arriving at it this this past year. Um, do you think that? You no, know, that's 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 how a lot of people feel, uh, and that's mostly because uh, a lot of the games that were finally coming out are current gen only. They aren't supporting the. Uh, last gen and therefore really taking advantage of you know certain features like the um the hard drive speed and uh but they're starting to become problems with uh a a lot of uh stuttering and possibly the cpu isn't as 
uh, good as it could be. You know, there's a few minor things that they can maybe improve upon. Well, uh, just for an overall smoother experience. But honestly, a lot most people I think won't be needing uh, to upgrade their pro upgrade to a pro. Uh, just the you know current model will be fine. I think. Well, I was wondering if you remember how bad off things were when the PS4 Pro came out. Like, was it? Because uh, because I remember listening to podcasts and people talking about like Bloodborne load times just being really really long on the on the original PS4 and a lot of other just a lot of load times in general just being incredibly long um, for the generation. It just didn't really make much sense, and so. The pro, it seemed like the pro was a little bit more necessary. And then, I mean, you could play games on it, um, but it just sounded like a jet engine was taking off. Um, I mean, that was mostly, that was a lot of it was there's just, there was a couple um, slight graphical benefits, uh, but it wasn't really much to do with load times for the PS4 that I can remember anyways. Okay. And it was, a lot of it, you know, was um, people who had launch um, launch systems, for the PS4, you know, you're right. They uh, they were getting along in the tooth. They were uh, fans were going out, getting a lot louder. I mean, my PS4 Pro, I fired that up not that long ago, and I was like, I forgot how loud that thing gets. Yeah. Uh, it really does. And that was, I mean, that was the Pro. Like the older models were got even louder. Uh, so it was a certain necessity in a lot, you know, for minor uh, tweaks here and there. I mean, I'm just wondering if we're at that point or we're going to even be close to that point in a year because I because I, I don't I don't really think so but they may they may still release one anyway um, just because it's it's uh it's been kind of long enough and they're probably a hunger they're probably gonna be some hunger for it I don't know yeah especially if um, you know depending if you know if Microsoft you know uh, yeah. does or does not come out with theirs you know because if they don't you know because they've more or less launched with that right they launched with their pro and you know, a base model pretty much with the X and S. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, since Sony hasn't really done that yet, they have a little more wiggle room to do something uh, like that. But you can't make it too too different because, or else you really start to have to, you know, that's make true. the games fundamentally different. You, you just want it to be able to run smooth, uh, not have as many, you know, like hiccups. And it's all like quality you know, you maybe... of life issues. And you, the whole point is you don't necessarily want to be investing a lot of big money into it. You know, you know, you can invest a little bit of it to make, you know, for exactly the quality of life and make things streamlined, but you're not going to really be doing a massive overhaul of the GPU. This isn't as, even though everyone talks about getting consoles eventually becoming more and more like a cell phone where you get those iterative upgrades every year. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it's still too early to do that with the consoles yet. And you, because everyone's still saying, Hey, it's, part of until you can until you do the iphone thing and just start having a single number after each one uh and then people start being really upset i think because when you see when you think of a console you're thinking of something that like at the beginning of the life cycle something five to seven years maybe longer now even uh thanks to covid uh you know but at least people are thinking five years minimum you know like okay i'm gonna have my console for five years if you do this little halfway iteration it might stretch it out a little bit longer uh, but that means you're gonna have to still make it for the base systems. So until they until they start making oh the, this iteration is now a full upgrade, uh, and you're gonna have to you know start discontinuing. I think that's gonna be harder for people to swallow. Uh, they just 
I don't think gamers are quite ready for that yet. Yeah. Um, I, I cell think... phone is with you 24 seven consoles are not. Yeah. And you know, games on a console are a lot more complicated than games on a phone. Um, you know, games on a, there, there is some similarity there. I, I do, I do see it, but, but yeah, like the the phone, there's so much more that you can and do have to do with a phone than, than a console. It just doesn't, there just isn't enough demand for, for every year, even every other year, even every three years, really for like, for like a new console. A lot of people don't make that switch. It's only like the hardcore weirdos that, that kind of do. So yeah, I think we're, we're, going to be in this sort of environment for a little while yet yeah for sure i mean like i said i wouldn't be surprised um it's if they didn't come out till you know late um 2024 i mean it honestly it it seems like more of a safe bet for you know uh, end of summer to fall or you know winter season right so you know sometime q3 to q4 and that will give it enough time to have you know been out in the market because uh, like you mentioned, uh, was it November 2020 is when Xbox or not except PS uh, five came out. So, Sounds right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'll give it roughly about, you know, four years since then. And you can make a few things better. And like I said, a lot of the games coming out now, uh, they're starting, you know, they're really utilizing the tech. Well, I mean, you got stuff like, you know, Spider-Man and stuff like that, that came out just today. Um, and yeah, there's, uh, there's going to be some new tech and some neat things, but I'm actually, you know, it's still too early to tell. And we're just like, you, you know, I said, I'm, I'm a weirdo. So I'm going to go ahead and get the pro probably, but only if it has like VR, you know, real big VR, meaningful upgrades. And that's what it did for the PS4 pro yeah, because they had, you know, they had extra port in the back. They had, it had enough oomph to really help it out. And that's kind of where I'm sitting at. I was like, I'd prefer stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to this, I mean, it's just the slim model isn't really that slim. It looks, you know, arguably a little bit better, but at the same time, I prefer, I don't like the glossiness and I don't know. It's just, uh, you have to pay more for it. And that's just kind of, it's annoying. The only yeah. real nice part about it is for the longevity of your system, you can swap out a hard drive if your hard drive ever fails. Uh, and that way you don't have to send it in to anyone and it's not tied to the motherboard. So it makes it really easy for that kind of maintenance. So I think it's really neat. Uh, that is a so, bit different of a change to go in the other direction because most of the stuff is just trying to seal most technology, especially phones, trying to seal that box to where you can't get into it at all because I don't want you repairing it or doing anything outside of uh, under the control. guise of waterproofing, right? It's waterproof, so we can't let you in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah. th- there's yeah. other. There's... I really wanted them to move that heart, that the the optical drive to the top, and I I might have said hard drive a couple times. I meant optical drive. Oh, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you did say hard drive. Yeah. Uh, optical yeah, drive. No, my yeah. bad. I I just realized I just been you know so correction on myself on that one. But I'm sorry. The optical drive. They really could have like put it into the system and made it one uniform rectangle instead of having the stupid little kickstand that they have to balance it now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm that's... curious about that because like, I mean, my my PS5 came with a stand, and they wanted me to like the the instructions are like you need to install this stand like immediately. And so when I heard about them charging for the stand, I was like, that's kind of weird. 
Um, but spend thirty dollars for for that. I mean, maybe it's a better stand. I don't know. But I was like, okay, that's uh, that kind of sucks to have to do all that with a slim model. It sounds like I w- I wouldn't want that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know. I guess the, I guess the all the models are going to go up in price, so it's not going to be you're going to be able to get away from it. But that just sounds like slim's going to be more expensive overall. But anyway. Well, I don't know if you actually if you actually saw, but when it's laying horizontal for the the new slim, it's literally a pull tab that comes down that's supposed to help balance it. Now. Oh, okay. So I yeah, if you get a chance to look it up afterwards, it's it's pretty ridiculous. It's like the switch kickstand essentially, um, okay. to help balance the uh the Blu-ray or the you know the actual optical drive version of the PS Slim, and you know having a, having the vertical stand that's kind of been it's one of those par for the courses. Like they've done that ever since the, you know, PS2. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, yeah. and I never bought it then either. So I just, I'm like, you know, I'm just balancing you because that's, that's what I can do. Yeah. Uh, it came I with, mean, it balances well enough. Five. That thing is freaking, it balances well enough. It's fine. But yeah. Um, so uh, kind of these other news stories, they're, um, they're, they're kind of nothing burgers, but that's what we got. So, that's what we're, that's what I'm going to serve up. Um, so Nintendo, uh, the, uh, I forget he's the CEO, right? Bowser. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Nintendo of America. Yeah. So Bowser, uh, saying that, that, uh, the Nintendo account, um, that they have and, you know, created in this past iteration of the switch, you know, that it may help transition to the new system for players. So he didn't really say much of anything, but he, he, he said he addressed the rumors and said he can't or won't talk about them, but that he thinks that the, the, you know, with Nintendo's uh, online, like Nintendo online, all that stuff that, that it should be easier for players to transition to the new system so I was like, okay, well, at least they're thinking about it. Um, I'm pretty dubious about it. I don't think it's, I think it'll maybe maybe up a little bit because they want they want you to keep you know your account and to not get pissed off that you can't use your you know online bought games on their new system, which should be able to run on anything forever. But um, I'm I'm pretty dubious about it. I, I think it's probably going to be. I don't want to say shit show, but uh, like it usually is. But I think it'll probably be a little bit, a little, a little bit difficult because Nintendo typically doesn't do well with these things. They really like you to repay for your stuff. That is true. And then they also like to throw away a lot of the stuff into the ether, uh, making <laughs> piracy your only option to get to get a lot of these things. And and really. Um, I mean, when it's running, when you have Zelda and Metroid running in 4K, 60 FPS uh, before it even uh, comes out, you know, uh, and it's running on, on, on like that on PC. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tempting because it's like, why would I have a Switch when I can literally play it better on my computer earlier for free? Um, so yeah, Nintendo is, um, but the, you know, they, they still, they still make plenty of money. So, 
So we'll see. I'm sure that they'll they'll get all that figured out like one of these days. Um, but, well, they're they're trying to implement the DRM in there, and that's yeah. going to make things a little bit more work, you know, worse across the board. But as far as uh, getting it earlier, that's that's due to leaking from one form or another. But yeah, the fact that you can take the game and make it run, brute force it and make it run better on a PC, uh, the Switch is showing its age. Uh, but what they do, what they do best, they take something novel and neat. Uh, it's never meant to be a powerhouse, so that's why that's where you see a lot of the issues when they try to make things outside the grand scope of you know normal. Uh, they did that with the Pokemon, and that game's still broken. Uh, but a lot of people still pay, play it, and a lot of people you know will continue to play it. Uh, but then you got stuff like uh, the new Zelda, which runs solid. I mean, yeah, uh, their the new Mario game is cut. You know, like despite it looking a little older, it looks wonderful and no one will complain about really how it looks because they're such craftsmen at that. So that's one thing I can always give them credit for is they really know how to work within the limitations of their um, system. And, you know, it, it'll, most of the stuff will age fairly well in the long run because of that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it would be really nice if they can get something, uh, I don't know, something that can, you know, just, be a little bit better i mean i I know i understand yeah but then you know then of course you you get in the argument of well when it when it costs too much when does it stop being a kid's toy you know essentially so yeah uh yeah i don't know i think it yeah (laughs) when you when you target when you're targeting when you're targeting families and families meaning a lot of younger children too uh you know you'd think you'd make uh controllers that would be tough enough to handle normal use instead of just breaking on their own uh yeah i mean i guess the i I guess the switch uh what do you call them joy cons joy cons i've almost never used that because i bought the pro controller immediately pro controller i know you're not a big fan of it but i've i've always liked it um but yeah those joy cons those buttons are are not really made for well, I did play a, quite a bit on vacation, and it wasn't horrible. I got used to it, but it definitely, when I did pick up the Pro Controller again, I was like, oh, gosh, I forgot how much better this is to be playing it like that instead of with uh, those little crappy Joy-Con needle buttons. I barely play the Joy uh, my Switch as is, and so my Joy-Cons haven't got a whole lot of use, and I still got Stick Drift. I mean, oh yeah, it is built in. They they, uh, they knew that was going to happen. There's just, I ended up getting no a an adapter just to play uh, use an old PS4 controller. I think I was actually using a PS3 controller for a long while, uh, and I was just like, you know what, this works so much better, and I'm okay with that. Uh, hand it off to the kids, and you know what, if it's a PS3 controller, if you're gonna break it, you're gonna break it. I can pick it up easy enough. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, the, for them, you know, Joy Cons are great because they got tiny hands, and then it works well, but. I mean, at the same time, those controllers are stupid expensive. So here, seventy bucks at the time. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was worth it. I guess. I guess. Anyway, um. So yeah, just going on. Um, Insomniac says they will listen to fans, uh, concerning a possible Venom spinoff game for Spider-Man. Um, it would be quite a ways i would think before we would actually get that i think it'd be cool i, I like venom venom's a a cool character and stuff like that it might be interesting um i don't know because like i don't know if venom is 
if there's enough there to create a whole Venom game. I think having, you know, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, which they're kind of the same, but they can make things a little bit different. Um, making a whole Venom game, you'd probably have to still stick in, still stick, you know, Peter Parker in there and maybe Miles Morales or something uh, to really fill it out. But I think it's cool that they're saying they're going to, that they're going to listen to people and see what, see what they can do. Yeah, no, that's a really good thing. Uh, and I think it won't be as difficult as you, you actually think, uh, cause you hadn't played the original uh, yeah, Marvel Spider-Man. And so they made a miles, you know, game by itself. I mean, and yeah. it was a shorter spinoff, a standalone. Uh, they can easily do something similar. Uh, a little cheaper, a little smaller in scope, uh, but you have all the foundation with all the tool sets for the current games, you know, built out. So it's more of a, you know, a DLC or a standalone, uh, you know, aspect, and you can make it uh, however you want it. Like whether or not you're making him uh, an anti-hero or if you make him just full villain. Uh, I mean, it would be a little weird when if you do villain, but then you have to start because then you start have to license out other like potential heroes to as opponents uh unless if he's going to be just like that's why maybe villain on villain you know so trying to you know just other people getting in their way um but yeah just make something smaller in scale you know instead it doesn't have to be a you know 30 hour epic just you know something 15 and sell it for a little little cheaper like they did miles and you're good to go yeah i mean i I was kind of thinking then you, you hit that carnage there you go boom yeah that's yeah that's true they could do a they could do a double but uh, with Venom and Carnage, that would be pretty interesting. I don't know if people would be ready for that, but yeah, I was kind of thinking more in terms of of a full fledged, you know, feature length, thirty hour campaign type game. Um, but yeah, like if if they were to do like a DLC or something, like a really robust DLC that's like ten or twelve hours, uh, that that would be really cool. Um, I just don't know how much they would be willing to sink in. Uh, like new mechanics and different types of, of things and different slightly different types of gameplay. I know they could do it. I just don't know if if uh, they will uh, feel like it's worthwhile to them because, I mean, they do have a lot of other stuff kind of going on. They have a Wolverine game that is set for 2025, which is going to be a pretty big deal, I imagine, whenever that comes out. And then they have another game in the works that is unannounced. Um, at least that's the, the word that I saw when I looked it up earlier. Um, so they've got some stuff, you know, coming down the pike as it is. Um, so yeah, maybe a venom, uh, a venom thing that was smaller in scope, like you're saying would be something that they could do within the next, you know, two to three years without messing up their pipeline of whatever else they're working on. But anyway, I just, uh, thought that was kind of interesting that they would uh, go out of the way to talk about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, they said they'd consider it, but you know, once again, I think if they just do a standalone, that'll uh, quench a lot of people's thing, you know, thirst. And plus, you have all the assets already there. It's not really an asset flip. You just have to do focus on a few, you know, core mechanics, uh, some combat, some stuff like that. But I think the template's there, so why not? You know, uh, yeah. if, you know what else? What other? Not knowing anything about the uh, the sequel that just dropped. You know, like, what else will you do for any sorts of DLC or expansion? I mean, so that that does make a lot of sense that that could be a, a bigger part of something. Uh, you know, then again, you can also, with the whole Spider-Verse, you know, and everything like that, you could have, you can introduce other people. So I'm not really sure how, 
in depth they're going to try to go into that in, in the future because it's currently the very popular you know topic so yeah uh, but they have they sure they do have a lot of uh things in front of them the question is whether or not licensing uh how much that will get in the way of any of it um because that's the whole thing is licensing out the from uh, Sony owns a lot of the rights, uh, but you know the fact that they have to throw Marvel Spider Man in front of it each time they make a you know a new one. So, uh, and I forgot about the Wolverine game that you mentioned that they're making, because uh, I remember Ravensoft made that Wolverine game for the uh, for the 360 and the PS3 like years ago. Oh, yeah. and that was a really solid game. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was like an 09. Um and yeah. So hopefully, I forgot how much I liked that game for what it was and. Especially, you know, I was like, man, if they make something that kindles that kind of memory, I'm like, that would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I Insomniac doesn't fail. Like, are they're the one of few few teams that I generally will blindly, you know, be like, no, I, I have faith in their stuff. One of the, well, the only teams left, I should say, that I'm willing to do that with. Yeah, there's not there's not as many as there used to be. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what they end up doing with that. Um, last little thing here. Uh, Josh Sawyer, um, he uh, made, was, uh, I guess, the director or whatever, very responsible for making um, Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 and um, and, and Pentiment as well, most recently, uh, I guess, of Obsidian Games. He just... Uh, he just was talking to the media and said that he would be very interested in making a Pillars 3 game if he were given the budget uh that Baldur's Gate 3 received uh he was I guess I don't know kind of just saying oh, I'd really like to like I think they were asking him what game he would want to make and he's like well if I had that Baldur's Gate 3 money I would uh, want to make Pillars 3 he seemed like he was a little bit disappointed in what uh Pillars of Eternity 2 Dreadfire ended up being he said uh, that the the budget for that was was lower than he really wished that it it it, it could be, um, so that's sort of sort of just him him wishing on a star, I guess. Um, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, have, you, have you ever played Pillars of Eternity? Uh, I think I played Pillars of Eternity one a long time ago, and it was neat for what it was. But it's one of those games I have a hard time with the isometric uh, RPGs. Uh, they're generally a lot of fun. It just takes a lot of time and investment to get into and to commit. Uh, you know, the last time I played anything like that was Divinity Original Sin and Original Sin 2. And I think, uh, I've barely, like I said, I think I spent 20 hours in each game and barely gotten out of like more or less the tutorial area because there's just so much to do. Um, lots and lots of fun, but it's one of those like back, it's, it's a game. I feel like it's a game for an old time where like no other games came out. You only had like five games, major games a year. And if I or if I was back to like being a you know a middle schooler or something like that, and I had summer break and I had nothing else, to, you know, like that was my one game, like that would be amazing. But that's the thing; it's like with all the games coming out now and just life in general, I don't have that time of commitment for a lot of those because I like to look at every nook and cranny. I like to turn every stone, see all the dialogue options, or um, you know, if I play, if there's multiple character types you can play or routes you know like i want to be a bad you know i want to play as villainous as possible or i'm going to be uh you know as you know trying to be as kind as i possibly can all right let's see what we can do here uh because those games give you so many options and that's what's really great about them 
uh, Obsidian did a really good job with uh, The Outer Worlds. I personally really, really liked it. Um, it, And then since uh, Starfield came out, it's like the one thing I think Obsidian, I feel, did, or at least I personally liked better, was the uh, the character interactions with each other, the dialogue trees. And I, I felt like I had more fun with those in the Outer Worlds than I have with uh, Starfield. Uh, Starfield overall, uh, you know, freedom on the mechanics and having a lot of fun or just being able to lose so much more time into it, uh, just wandering the worlds and stuff, that's awesome. Uh, but the Outer Worlds, uh, generally, I think the uh, the dialogue choices and how you got to play your character, I think that role-playing aspect, I've, I, th- I think I had more fun with that. Uh, so Obsidian kind of like has, I have their background when it comes to a story-based element. And a lot of people generally liked New Vegas, for example, um, more than Fallout 3. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, at least that's the, the vibe I always got. I think more time in Fallout 3 than any other game, but I, that's probably, I really don't like that. <laughs> and that's where, that's like the weird part. It's like, I really tried looking for the fun in that, but for some reason there was just something that didn't click. Well, Fallout 3 is probably my favorite one of all time. Just because I'm looking for Liam Neeson, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, your fa- you know the father that disappears and you're just hunting him down, and I don't know, just there's something about that game that you know struck true to me. So, if um, yeah, I, I think everyone wants uh, Baldur's Gate money for, for any project, uh, except for maybe Call of Duty because they're like that's just you know chump change, but still, yeah, all these uh, yeah RPGs and stuff would definitely like that kind of money. Um, yeah, and so it's uh anyway, it was just kind of one of those things. I was like, okay, that's kind of that's kind of funny that he would he would uh point to that and say I would like to to have that so I could make my my other game. But um yeah, so that's kind of the long and short of it. Uh, that's as long pretty, as he doesn't start a Kickstarter, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, that might be next. You never know. Um, that is it for the news. Um, unless you have anything else you want to bring. No, that's really it, man. Uh, so for games, uh, you and I have been pretty much playing the same thing. So uh, thanks to uh, thanks to Alan Wake Two coming up and us kind of go through the back catalog. Um, Control, we've talked about it quite a few times. I'm I'm actually really happy that you decided to play it. <laughs> so that was uh, I really pushed for it last time we talked, and uh, yeah. So I'm gonna let you take take the reins on this one. Yeah. So uh, um. Yeah, you've been playing some of the DLC, and I did get to the DLC a little bit, but but uh, I did uh, start Control um, early, I guess I guess like almost two weeks ago maybe, and just playing through it a little bit. Um, it, w- it wasn't as long as I thought, thought it was going to be. I got the Ultimate Edition, so I do have the the extra DLC in there. I'm going to be going through that, um, but it only took me about ten hours to finish the main campaign. I did rush through it pretty fast, um, so I was kind of surprised that it, that it only took me that long. I did a couple extra little things, tiny one or two extra little missions, if I got stuck or if they were kind of easy. Um, but uh, overall, it it was not it did not take all that long. But I really um, there's I'll go ahead and talk about some of the things that annoyed me about it. Um, I got lost quite a few times. Not like bad, bad lost, but like the map uh, was, they put it right there for you on that one, you know, up button. And 
you pull it up all the time and you can run while you have it up and stuff uh, and move around and look like while you have it up. But still, a lot of times it's just really confusing uh, to try to get where you're trying to go. But that's because it's sort of supposed to be a maze. You're supposed to like figure it out. And I don't know. So there was a lot of times where I was like, how am I going to get? I thought I was just supposed to go like follow the map. But then like, I was like, no, you have to, there's a blocked path there. So I was like, okay, well, what the freak is the map for? I just put it away and just like search around. Anyway, it ended up not being that bad. It just, it just uh, a couple I was, times. I was going to say there wasn't that the, there's most, most of the um, places on the map was you have one point of entry, you have one exit. And then that the exit's blocked, you go through one of the side corridors and you find the thing to unlock to, to open up the way. I would have to like look around and around and around for the like side entrance or whatever, or come around it from like the opposite side. And, okay, this is sort of like that was sort of early on. Toward the end, I was like, okay, they keep doing this to me. All I gotta do is is do like I just have to like do the same thing that I've been doing. Like, okay, side door. All right. looks like this. Try some things and stuff like that. There was one time though, where I teleported to where I was supposed to go. And I went, there was two directions and I didn't see that one of the pillars by where I had teleported into had the magical door I was supposed to go through. So I ran the other way ran into some enemies that were pretty, a pretty good amount of enemies. So I was like, okay, I must be, I must be in the right spot. Died to them like twice. I had to ride this elevator thing that I had a really, it was hiding a really long loading screen. So I died to them twice. Finally, the third time I killed them all, looked around the area and I was like, like over and over again. I was like, there's nothing here. Went back to where I teleported in and there was the dang door right there. And I was like, mother. I could not. I was like, okay, well, I guess I just wasted like 20 minutes for nothing. But so like that was probably, that was a little bit irritating. Some of the stuff in the DLC and the in foundation was a little bit irritating. So some of the fights were kind of irritating just because of the enemies. There's like a new enemy type that like chases you down and they were just really aggravating to deal with. Um, Oh yeah. There's another thing in the DLC. I'll talk about that in a minute though. Um, but but besides that, uh, I thought it was a really great game. Um, it was a lot of fun. The battle system is really good. The the, the fighting mechanics are really great. Um, the you know the gun is pretty cool. Using it and stuff like that, the shooting is all right. Um, but as you get more powers and you can like throw stuff around, and then as you can like levitate and stuff, all of that was like okay. This game is it. It got to be. I was like, all right, there's a lot more play that you can do with the combat system. Cause if you're like levitating yourself and flying, like throwing objects around and like shooting with your gun um, and kind of managing all of those, all of those things. Cause they're all on cooldowns. You don't really have ammo per se. You just have like a cooldown of your, uh, of your gun or of your psychic or rather telekinetic powers. Um, it did get, it was like, okay, this is pretty freaking sweet. Um, and then the whole world itself is really cool. Having that sort of X files, the, um, meets men in black type atmosphere, um, was really good. Uh, yeah. So 
the one thing I kind of wish I had done maybe a bit more of, I just didn't have the patience for it, was read a lot more documents, which there are a metric crap load of documents in this game that you can pick up like, anywhere, everywhere. I want to say there's like, um, oh shoot, like 180 or something like that, at least in the first, in the main game. You get trophies I, for picking up numbers of, do- a certain number of documents. Every you time get, you get like, yeah, you get like a, you can, it's like 120 pieces of documents. Um, every case has at least two has like one has the, uh, the incident itself and one's like a review over said thing. Oh yeah. Uh, those, those are some of the greatest like pieces of lore, just random stuff all together like you have uh, a random piece of office memo that says like yeah be careful over the refrigerators or something like that yeah and it is until way later then you find the refrigerator and then you know dude asking for help like hey guys anyone there can you help me oh yeah he's like um, <laughs> i forgot to go help that guy i was gonna do that <laughs> i forgot um uh, yeah so i i i did read a couple of them Read probably the the first ten or fifteen I picked up, and finally about that about that time I was just like, these aren't saying anything that I need to know. They're not boring, but they're just sort of mundane, and they're just a little bit too long sometimes. And the, and then when you're when you're, like, is it that that you get less stuff that's redacted as your clearance level goes up, or is uh, it no? Okay, so early documents. Okay are more redacted than later documents because the later documents uh, almost have no reda- have some well, but often yeah, don't have any it's, redactions. It's, more, it's just because you're like in the beginning and you don't know anything about anything so okay. it's in theory you're, you're also going to more clearanced areas in general so it'd be less redacted as, as opposed to like the front lobby right so, yeah that makes sense um the uh yeah it'd be neat or uh, that like the, the letter you get in the beginning if you know by the end of the game you can read the full thing that'd, that'd be, be cool, cool yeah uh yeah. but yeah the, the uh as far as um how was it the the actual lore behind you know because the uh the way control bases their stuff off of is based off of like like the real world forum of like um like SCP or something like that. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's a, so it's essentially a bunch of people who write random things in this style of like fi- you know fictional work, uh... and and so it kind of <laughs> has a lot of homage to that. Okay. Uh, so if you look up like SCP like Foundation or something like that, there's I remember like that was one of the big things, uh, and I didn't know that community existed, but it does, and it kind of reminds me of. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, that podcast, um, Night Vale. Welcome oh, to Night Vale. It it's it's like kind that. of similar, similar to Night Vale in that respect. So, uh, it's just you know a fake city with just random weird things happening. But I mean, everything in this game, I I absolutely love from the uh, those of the brutalism architecture, oh, like yeah. just how you know it's just they the lore bits. I mean, granted, they're all just flavor text, but man, there are so many good ones. Uh, and just some weird ones because you're, you're reading about, like rubber duckies, and they uh, they bring up they talk about fan death, uh, which is a Korean lore of hey if you play if you have your electric fan, uh, the electric standing fan, you know blowing at you overnight, you're gonna die. And like literally, I've have, I've had old people tell me that while I was living in Korea, like no, no, you won't. <laughs> been alive for you know like 
if you I, ever live down south you know, like in america you have a fan on you all the time it's gonna be okay you have to if you don't have if you don't have your fan you're going to die you know <laughs> and so it the foreigners in korea we kind of all like is fan death just code for like like suicide or something like so how did so so and so died really how did they die hmm fan death like ah oh, <laughs> oh, you know like yeah. you, know, you don't want to know no that, that's we we kind of just chalked it up to that but we weren't 100 percent sure and you know they talk about like you know like you can't be in a room with the fan alone or else it'll suck out the air of you know like these documents and control them like that was pretty funny uh yeah that refrigerator is that refrigerator is money but man that's um so there's a couple of boss fights and that one was uh that's a harder fight you know slight spoiler but uh, one of the most difficult ones for me personally, uh, that and the that and the final the final final battle in that or in the main campaign, uh, because I thought it was bugged. I like I got to a you know there's a couple platforms before you get to the bad guy as it were, and like one of the platforms just kept on spawning people, and I had nowhere else to go, and it just kept on spawning people. I'm like, am I is this bugged? I felt like I was there for like 15 minutes, 20 really? minutes. It just felt forever. And I was just like this, and I died. And then I had to try it again. And I think I died a couple of times and I looked it up. I'm like, is there a glitch to this? Is this, you know, are other people having this problem? Eventually just, I killed enough people, I guess. And it opened up, but, and then after that was no problem, but it was just like that one particular, you know, particular spot was, you know, that and like one or two major like annoyances, but man, they had so many hidden and weird things in that one too um you can get a gold suit for your for your character i haven't got that yet <laughs> um so it's in the room of luck where you see all the lucky stuff um uh and you have to do it's a you have to do enough things in there to make all the good luck happen and then okay. it unlocks for you um yeah stuff like that it's just it's silly uh but yeah i rocked that gold suit for a while i just run around that was how i played the game I was like, "Yep, this is me now. This is my character." Nice. Um, I, that this this game is, like I said, it is honestly one of my favorites. Um, it could be better, by all means, yeah. But at the same time, like when it came to the DLCs and stuff, I felt that enemies became a little more spongy, and the the combat yeah. seemed a little long in the tooth. Uh, and the best thing you can do is just reequip some of your loadouts. But once you have an optimum loadout, there's not much else you can really do. Yeah. The foundation uh, DLC, I did manage to beat that today, and um, it was uh, it was harder. It was harder than I kind of realized that it was going to be. Um, early on, it was like okay, kind of going and blowing, but they did they introduced some some new mechanics in that, and that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, those little guys that chase you around, that was like okay, this is just freaking. These guys are just annoying. It made it made every every fight a lot harder. I had to like definitely level up my skills a lot more, but um, but uh, do you remember the? There's two spots where you have to clear those spheres of the junk that's growing on them. Okay. So the first one I did, I kind of just had to figure it out. I don't know if it's the first one you're supposed to come to or what, but but the, but the first one I did, I just had to figure it out. And you've got to so for anyone listening, you. There's these spheres. It's a it's a big sphere, and you're supposed to shoot off these tendrils that are growing out of it, and use your powers to to make the sphere grow in parts where it's been broken off or chunked out, so it becomes a perfect sphere again. 
but if you if you take too long then then the chunks grow back and you have to shoot them off again so you're kind of you have to you're kind of chasing your tail a little bit um, until you can get it to be perfect so the first one took a little bit of doing but it wasn't that bad the second one though it took me for a freaking ever and I just kept just kept going around and around and around with it and finally I had to look up on reddit if there was anything that I should do and somebody said oh use this type of weapon it's it's better if you use this kind of weapon um, you'll be able to do it better and I did and it's still it was better but it still didn't really help that much and I was like well I guess I'm not gonna beat the foundation DLC because I'm about to freaking stop doing this and right as I was I was kind of mindlessly just shooting at it and I was just like mm, Gonna stop in three, two, one, and boing! It just—I shot the last thing off, and it was—it formed the sphere and finished that section. I was like, oh, "Wow, that was like the closest I've ever come to quitting without having to actually quit," because uh, I was really, really close to to uh, just being like, "Forget this." Um, and then I was able to, but then then I went on to the boss fight, and that was. It took a long time, but it, it wasn't it wasn't so bad. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't remember Foundation being that difficult, but at the same time, I actually forgot that I had beaten the Foundation before. <laughs> I really, I legitimately forgot because um, I I I played and beat the game, then I didn't touch it. But uh, they updated, you know, they gave the DLCs and stuff like that, and then I got those after the fact. So then I had to come in kind of fresh, yeah, uh, and like re relearn all the controls. Um, and I went ahead and I remember I looked up the our I played I played the whole thing and then I backtracked and went to collect all the extra documents uh just for my collector's sake, you know. So I just went through and found all that and I'm pretty sure there there might have there's probably a trophy attached to it too. Yeah. Um because yeah, I've now officially one hundred percent of that entire game. Oh wow. Uh, so that, yeah, it's um the Alan Wake or the um AWE expansion um which is altered world events but it's also alan wake experience yeah um <laughs> so yeah that's the it i mean uh it was good uh, i i won't talk about it too much since you haven't uh beat it or you know you just started you're starting it now uh but yeah it's like i think there's only been i think the main thing is it's just i feel like the combat just gets a little more difficult as the games go on just the day, just the normal interactions. And so you really have to be more mindful, I guess. Uh, my, my loadout was generally, or my, my playstyle was weaken them and then like, you know, seize uh, control of the enemy and make them work for you, uh, for the, for the minions essentially. And when you got something like those, uh, the healing spheres, uh, that like to teleport around, you know, I'd grab, you know, uh, that one at least is in the foundation. I, I don't remember if it was there in the main game, uh, but yeah, like you shoot it up enough and then the sphere, cause the sphere will buff all your enemies. They'll, it'll heal yeah. them all. But if it's on your side, then it'll at least heal you. So that's really nice. Uh, I think the most annoying enemy from the, uh, normal gameplay is the, it's like, a a mist, like, you know, it's like smoke and then it pops up to like a uh, bird or something like that. Like it pops it, up like Batman cape, like a flutter. You can kind of uh, see it, but it's hard. And then you have to aim, uh. You have to aim an object at it to make it appear. Once you do yeah. that, then you can shoot it. And those, yeah, well, those are fairly few and far, far between. But whenever they did pop up, they were pretty annoying. 
yeah, I, I found that they were a little bit, they came up a little difficult. more readily. Um, but then again, I also did the some of the side missions. Like, I did every side mission in the original game. So most of them are pretty okay. Some will, just one or two was like a nightmare. Um, and I, like, I didn't die a whole bunch in the original game that I can remember. I do know that on the plant, like boss or the mold boss, I, I did die right when I killed it. Ugh. So, which was funny because then when I respawn, uh, I ran all the way there. They were dead. <laughs> so whatever ending like cutscene, I didn't just get. Missed it. <laughs> Time to go to I YouTube. Died. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, oh, okay. So because it hard saves for you. Um, and yeah, that was, I mean, that was one of the few times I, re I really remember like, oh yeah, wow, I died there, but I technically won. So yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the, uh, like I said, I, I just finished the jukebox uh, today because I just left the jukebox. The jukebox wasn't working. It was there as, an, as a prop, mm -hmm. but it wasn't actually a thing you could do when I first played the main game. And then I remember trying it when the um, when I played the foundation because that was finally up and running, uh, and I didn't like it because it's like it was just you know it's not necessary. And so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get to it when I have a little more free time. And then I never got to it. And then uh, today, you know, since I already had beaten the uh, the AWE expansion, I was like, all right, let's try this now. And it, I got an outfit, and that was cool. Uh, but honestly, it was it's you know if it's a challenge is what it is. It's straight up meant to be uh, an exterior challenge. And there's a couple other challenge things that I found were easier than this, but the game uh, was solid. It has a lot of fun. You know, the, the AWE expansion has enough Alan Wake stuff to make it interesting. Uh, and always go into your audio logs or at least the video, when they show any video clip flash on the screen, make sure to go into your records and click it because then it'll show the full length thing. Because when you hear someone monologuing to themselves, it's only a small fraction like or a fragment of what they're saying. They might say something in the beginning, middle, and the end. Yeah. But then you realize, oh, that's actually a 30-second to a minute and a half clip of something. Yeah, so. it's a, it's a, those, are, those are longer. Yeah, um, it's a, so that is cool that they, that they store that stuff for you there. Um, you know, like this game, like cause this game wasn't really a sixty dollars game when it came out, was it? I, I honestly thought it was, but I can't, I can't remember anymore. I mean, it just um, seemed kind of short for to be, you know, sixty. I feel like it was like forty or something like that whenever it came out. But I could be, I could be wrong. I don't know. I just, uh, just kind of like playing through it. I was, I kind of, um, I thought about how it's, it would be. I don't know. Like it needs a like a couple more characters. It needs a couple more things to like really flesh it out. Um, you know, I thought that uh, they they're just it just seemed a little bit light in some areas. It definitely doesn't wear out its welcome, which is really great because uh, a lot of games do. But there was a lot of things where I was like, man, there would be it'd be cool to have I don't know like a guy on the intercom or something that's trying to help you or some different stuff like that um, to really like expand it out and flesh it out. See, I thought it was just long enough because I did the original game, uh, the base game and all the side missions and uh, we read the stuff and that was like 15 hours, maybe yeah. 14, 15. Uh, you know, so that, you know, I thought that was long enough for what I personally w wanted because I mean, it was, 
it did everything it needed to and i it was nice okay. decent package uh now if you just mainline the game yeah of course it's going to be quicker uh but the fun thing is the side missions are all still there you can still go back it's not like you gated it off you can still go to the guy in the fridge yeah. um there's and there's a lot of the hidden things too because there's uh hidden alan wake stuff in the main game there's just a couple of hidden things in in that same area where the uh, panopticon i think they call it so that's uh you know there's that there's also uh with now that you beat you know like highly recommend you beating the base game so you at least have your character leveled up but by the time i was already i was maxed or almost entirely skilled out before the first dlc and so when I actually, and then oh, yeah. I forgot where I left off, but when I started the AWE, um, because I had saved it right in front of the, the gate to go to the next area. Um, and I, let's see, I had, I had all my skills except for one. And I only needed one more skill point. So I had two skill points banked. I needed a third skill point. So by the time that happened, you know, like I think I ended the game with, I purchased that skill and I had like seven more skill points to spare. So, and I have the entire tech tree uh all purchased so that's not bad at all yeah that's pretty good yeah but, yeah it, I helps, definitely... it helps when you find secret areas you get a free skill point just like that so yeah I, I definitely went into uh the foundation a lot lower level than than you were so that's probably why i had a bit of a tougher time with it but yeah, yeah do, you think, do, do you think there'll be a, a control too it seemed like there was plenty of room left open to maybe do some other stuff with it Oh, without a doubt. I mean, they've, especially once you finish the AWE stuff, they oh, okay. they do enough nods to uh, Alan Wake in that because it's like, um, and the fact that Control is now the linchpin to their entire Remedy universe, yeah. essentially. So they can make anything work because of this. Um, whether it's um, you know Max Payne, because uh, they talk, they you know they reference him in like. It's essentially Alan Wake's character, but they also make there's like one or two documents referencing uh, this story, and you know, like you have, um, uh, there's supposed to be more. Uh, was it a? Uh, oh goodness, the the game that came out for Xbox, uh, Quantum Break. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's the one. That's the one Remedy game I haven't played because I didn't own an Xbox at the time. Uh, the Xbox One, and. Yeah, so I mean, I honestly think they'll come out with another control. There's just so much you can do with the game. And I mean, even I don't know if they'll necessarily do it in the same place. I can see them maybe doing it as like field work for other people, especially since they're doing Alan Wake. Um, and now they have a bunch of assets for foliage and, you know, like outdoor tech. Yeah. So, you know, that'll be interesting to see. Um, but no, you can easily go many different places with this. And that you can work where nothing else, redesign the entire house as you see fit. Speaking of which, of redesigning the house, um, the ashtray maze. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I want when I first discovered it and I wandered around in there, I was like, okay. And then it spit me out a couple of times. I was like, okay, I'm not ready for this. But, um, once uh, I got to where I was supposed to be there, and then uh, you're talking about the song, right? Yeah, that whole that whole sequence is <laughs> is good. an amazing. Yes, yeah, the 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 fight in there is awesome. Uh, the music, uh, the old gods of Asgard, um, uh, which is an Alan Wake reference, right? Um, so that whole song was pretty freaking lit, and um, yeah, uh, that was that's probably the 
Probably my favorite part of the game. Yeah, now that I think about it, 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 it it's a, it's such a high point, and it's at like over three fourths through the game. Yeah, you're so you're really, probably getting it, yeah. pretty close to the end game. You have like a couple more little things to do, but yeah, that's right there at the end. The um, actually the um, was that uh, Tor and Odin from the old old, old uh, gods of Asgard. Right. Like that was my favorite scene. Um, in Alan Wake, actually, is when you're fighting them off uh and you, you're at their you're on their stage yeah and you got the fireworks pyrotechnics and stuff going on like and their music is just blasting um especially since it's the old coots in the very beginning of the game who's like put that song on the on the jukebox and it's just like it's a lime and a coconut is what they originally had i don't i actually haven't played the remasters so i don't know if they kept the same song um but they did that in the original game and then when it was originally on PC, and then that happened was they're like, we lost the uh, licensing for Lime and the Coconut. So we're going to actually have to pull games from the digital stores like next month. So yeah, we're selling the game for like $3. Uh. Uh, <laughs> that's what they did. Um, so I assume they probably got licensing back for it. I don't know. Did, do you remember them playing that in uh, Lime and the Coconut when they did the remastered? I don't remember. Okay, it's I right in the very remember. beginning. It was when he first gets to the diner because he's walking around. And one of them goes, yeah, hey, put the song in the jukebox. And then you hit it, and he's like, yeah, that's the song. I wasn't paying attention at the time, so I I, well, I don't know. I have to go look I, finished, I wanted to finish up on Alan Wake before, because I already played, um, I mean, Alan Wake, but uh, the, um, the AWE right. experience for Control. I wanted to do that because that was the one I didn't ex- do. And now I'm going to go ahead, and I'll probably this next week play out through Alan Wake Remastered, uh, just because you know it's been a long time and uh, yeah it'd be good to have a refresher it for free so yeah yeah that's true it'd be good to have a refresher especially right before alan wake uh two comes out but yeah yeah um i'd be looking forward to another control uh, i think it'd be fun to play and see what they do else with it but um it's good to have this i'm gonna finish the awe and then uh be ready for alan wake two because yeah i'll be i'll have a crash course and all that but yeah yeah, good. for sure. Yeah. And at least you ha- this is the closest they've had the best gunplay they've had in a game. Yeah. So now you have it'll it, I think it'll be similar. Um but yeah, it's uh for sure like I'm glad you played it cuz you know, I honestly expected you not to be like I'm too busy right now. So yeah. Yeah, it it fit in. It it fit in just enough. I mean, I could uh, there's a lot of other stuff that I could have done, but I was like, you know, it's not that expensive and it will lead into, you know, Alan Wake stuff and I've heard it's good, so all came together that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately, I wanted to see more of um, the janitor. Uh, was that Ati? Yeah. I can't. I forget how you're supposed to pronounce that. I think it's Ati. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, he ha- he does have uh, at least a, some. He gives you some janitor side missions in the base game, and uh, some of the others in the uh, AWE expansion. He gives you a few extra missions. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the reward is silly. It's nothing. Nothing big. It's just like. Uh, I think in the base game, when you got the reward, you got you got the janitor outfit, uh, so you can r- run around, you know, just dressed up in the uh, jumpsuit. <laughs> so, yeah, all right, man. Uh, yeah, outside of that, um, I haven't played much, really much of anything worth talking about at this time. Yeah. Uh, but we both actually ended up watching uh, the uh, the same thing for uh, you know the Kagi Sama movie. We finally got around to because I got dubbed. Yes. Uh, how long has dub been out? Uh, 
a few months, I think. Okay. Um, not, not very long. It's just that I had to catch up. Um, I had to show my wife season three. Okay. So. Yeah, I I uh, kind of lost track of this movie. I remember when it came out in theaters, and I kind of wanted to go see it, but I just never uh, made time for it. It came out back in February, but it's a. Uh, uh, it came out to the U.S. in February. Uh, yeah, that's uh, what I mean. As yeah. uh, subtitled, it okay. came out uh, December uh, because thematically for the movie. Uh, they came out December in Japan. Right, right. But um, yeah, this is called Kaguya-sama, The First Kiss That Never Ends. And it is uh, after the events of season three. Um, so a little bit of a spoiler there, just kind of reading the title. But uh, you knew you knew that we were going to be talking about it. But yeah, um, I really like this a lot. Um, I love the quality of the art. Um, I think they really went all out with these so you and I both watched it, I think, in the same format where it was uh, f- uh, four episodes. The movie was basically broken into four episodes. Um, and uh, it it was uh, – the quality of it is great. The storyline was great. Um, the comedy was great. Everything – it really felt like I was afraid it wasn't going to feel like the TV show. I was afraid it was going to feel like, I don't know – just separated somehow, but I guess the TV show and everything is so recent uh, that everybody just was able to pick right up and leave right, like leave off right where they, or start right, right where they left off. And uh, yeah, it's um, it was great. I uh, I was kind of confused. I was kind of didn't really know how they were gonna continue on with the story because there was a kind of a resolution at the end of season three, um, not a real one, as we were kind of uh informed in the movie here but uh, so i was glad to see there i was impressed by how they were able to go no there's more um but yeah so uh yes what what did you think of the movie overall yeah overall really stand up really liked it um the in fact i felt i it was almost strange how much of the tv show it felt like opposed to an actual movie uh due to the pacing and the come the comedic punchlines and stuff like that because uh due to the fact that it was kind of optimized for this uh four episode format because yeah it's like you next episode comes out and you're just the way they handled each episode and the way like the delivery happened and stuff like that for the characters it was uh surprisingly good and you know like the only the only part that I think that it stumbles on is maybe is like the last bit of the last episode. Mm. Um, and I guess this is where we're going to get into like, go ahead and get to a little spoiler territory here. So if you made it this far, thanks. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know, until you. next time, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all right. Uh, well, you know, like, it, you know, hilarious how, you know, they immediately, re- you know, just, uh, reject the the notion of the the kiss being like we're, they're not a couple and yeah. Kaguya's inner inner selves come out and her child self sleep deprived self comes out and that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Chica, was like that was that was golden. Chichika yeah. going like, no, this is like ultra rare S tier Kaguya. <laughs> yeah, then uh, then he tries to communicate with her, so he, the president <laughs> breaks down and starts. You know, then it's like then they show from the outsider's perspective on how they really look. Uh, that was just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, no, it was absolutely you know uh, still tear like you know, God tear funny, and you know the announcer still holds 
I think the announcer is secretly the best character, like in the entire uh, the narrator in the entire series. I was series. about to say the announcer is solid gold, man. He is great. <laughs> uh, he's actually so. I always remember him because he's the voice of Space Dandy. Oh, dang it. So I love Space Dandy. Space Dandy is like, season one is is worth, season one is okay. Uh, And it's supposed to be, oh yeah, Cowboy Bebop team, blah, blah, blah. So like, it really came up with a lot of hype. Couldn't quite live up to it. And it was just weird, but it was like, season one, okay. Season two got more weird. But then by the, by towards the end of it, you're like, it clicks. And you're like, oh, yeah okay this game this the thing went from like um like a c to like a b or an a like it like it really jumped up because of that one little thing like this MacGuffin. um but overall i i, I like the series as a uh, as a whole and because it's space dandy i'm like i hear his voice as he announced i'm like this his that just the way he announces like narrates this whole thing talks to himself or it just really you can't help but laugh uh and it makes it so much easier to binge uh the as far as the, uh, I think my only problem, like I said, was the way they resolve Christmas, like Eve, like the whole uh, main team does the Chica party, and then you have Ishigami and um, Miko. Oh, crap, I can't remember yeah, her name Miko, now. Yeah, Miko uh... Ino. Okay, Ino. Yeah, thank you. Um, she, uh, you know, they go to the uh, Tsubami's party. Um, and that was very much glossed over uh you know and all you see is some really like two scenes really from it and that's it uh and then at the very very end of the whole thing you see uh Tsubami pretty much talking to uh uh Ishigami's or not Ishigami um the president's dad um Shirogane's dad which I can't remember his name now but he's the fortune teller <laughs> yeah yeah that's it and, um, and so you're, you're left to surmise that she broke up with them uh she uh Tsubami uh broke up with uh Ishigami which which sucks and then it then immediately made me afterwards go down the uh the rabbit hole trying to find out more information uh and yeah so from the from the manga you know there's a lot more to it than that uh but it's as a lump sum you know the you know TLDR yes uh you know they they dated for a little bit she breaks up with them uh and then they kind of go separate ways but she does like try to start a positive rumor mill uh about him about like what kind of went down for middle school is what i what i quickly read in a synopsis mm. so she tries to get like the truth about him so he's not as hated um okay and she uses her the 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 fact that she's going you know like the distance and uh her like gymnastics being like her main reason why it's not going to work out and i'm like man ishigami's my favorite character hands down out of the the whole team and i feel so bad for him because he's always trying his best and he's always getting like the raw deal uh no matter how hard he tries he still fails um there's some there's some good ishigami episodes uh, in the in the main in the main series, um, I felt every like time, he could have been in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you feel real bad for cheating now, don't you? I would I would hate myself for it. I can't believe you. You know, just any stuff, anything like that, or the arm wrestling and stuff like that. It's just. Huh. I mean, the whole cast is really good. A lot of times in these, the cast will be pretty good, but like pretty much every every of the every one of the main four. I would say like 
is like especially the main three are amazing. And then Ishigami, I know that you just said he's your favorite, but he is he is really, really good. Miko, I like a lot. And the the two sisters I don't like her that much. That's the thing. I know uh, like I know she's not like likable, but I like what they do with her. And they sprinkle she's the straight her. man in this in the funny man bit. You know, she's like, yeah. the, you know, but she's as straight as you can possibly get, as straight as an arrow. You know, because that's her job. She's, you know, but she has to play everything. But they do a good job of calling her out on her on on her BS and stuff like that. And then I Hayasaka uh, Hayasaka is really great. Um, she's um, I wish there was in the in the main series. There's actually probably plenty of her, um, but. Uh, but she's just every character is really good. They all pull their weight really well. The movie and the, the movie you get plenty enough of them, you know. Um, Shirogane and she and uh, and Kaguya, you know, you're really getting the most of them because it's I mean it's just about them in general. But yeah, the the end didn't bother me so much. Um, there's definitely more comedy in the first two episodes. Not that there wasn't any in the last two, but you could definitely feel it going from. Like hyper comedy, the first, little less second, little less third, and by the fourth episode, there's some comedy and it's good, but there's a lot of like serious stuff toward the end there, especially in the park. And it's a little bit, it's a little bit silly, but it's also like more oh. heartfelt. And you're getting down to brass tacks, like okay, we're getting into the relationship stuff, and it's got to be sweet and sincere. And then they kind of finish that, and, and then they kind of go into some, some comedy stuff again. Well, I mean, they off. did they did a good job about you know breaking them out of their mold to showing character growth and acknowledgement and stuff like that. Because you know when Shirogane winds up in the hospital and he yeah. he admits like he's like I can't let down the mask because of you know like how I am and I need to be the best that I can possibly and push myself to no end. Um, you know, like and of course uh, Kaguya admitting her uh, admitting that she actually likes him and admitting like and trying to make the step forward and you know like all that you know is. It was great character growth. Well, like um, the way that they show that too, where they kind of show you the kiss like over and over and over again, the original kiss over and over again. But then they like talk about how they both have masks on all the time and they show the kiss, but like with them, with their masks on, it's like, okay, so now they kind of replace that idea of what you saw with. Yeah. What you thought you saw was one thing and it's true, but really now we know more about the characters and they really had their masks on. So it really wasn't really them. So they have to break through that so we can get to the real thing here, which is they what, what they finally do and toward the end. Yeah. But I mean, I, I agree with you. I was also a big fan of Hayasuka. I, I was like, as a secret, I'm like, you know what? If she steals, if she steals Shirogane, I'd be okay with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But same, yeah. I, I love the, I love the, um, when you're seeing like Kaguya being brainwashed as a child by the tutor, you see Hayasuka next to her just crying as she's trying to study. And I'm like, like, that's harsh, but it's pretty funny. Um, and then you can also understand what they've been, they've both been groomed to put up a front. And that's why she's like, they're both people different you know faces um but at the very end it kind of explains you know like the reason why they glossed over the party as a whole is the same reason why uh towards the uh the culture festival when 
they're like Ishigami, you you like like now that you've confessed when he didn't realize he gave her you know it was a confession with he gave the heart cookie he's like you have to you have to succeed because if you don't you're gonna bring the mood down and it's gonna make everything awkward and it's not gonna work out and I'm like okay well since he's in the middle of getting shot down while this other the love confession's at its peak you have to completely bury it just gloss over it uh and you know acknowledge that it existed but only for like two seconds uh no no nothing audible and just there you go boom it happened anyone who read the manga you know what's up and anyone else can just defer based off of facial anguish uh and the last thing of um tsubami saying at the end like okay yeah it didn't work out done Mm. but now you didn't rain on the parade of the big emotional dramatic peak and i'm like that i'm like yeah so and of course um i loved how um like i said even the realization of uh the the niece um uh miss steelio man uh <laughs> uh maki uh, oh yeah <laughs> yeah i because shiroge always calls calls her uh miss steel uh, like steelio man because uh but yeah like when she realizes like this person that you're describing and she's talking to Shirogane, like like i really relate to this person in so many ways it's like almost like i'm related to them and she, at least she just clicks like <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> and then she bolts and she's like i thought you were on my side and then she jumps she jumps into ishigami being like you know like you're my ally like you're like leave me alone miss Stilio man <laughs> and she's like why is this happening to me yeah she's just like freaking out i mean they made her character pretty funny because the entire first season she is literally the stalker figure in the shadows of like so many scenes because you'll see her behind a pillar or behind a mailbox or something you'll just see her all over the place uh and it wasn't until like season two that she really starts making an appearance and yeah uh the writers had a really good time with it uh there is theoretically material for season four fans are hoping for season four on reddit and stuff i don't feel like i need it uh and people are like, well, they, they can fill in like the the holiday blanks for like the Tsubami's party and stuff like that. I don't want to watch that. I mean, there is funny moments because I did. I ended up reading a few panels. Um, and even even at a bad time like that, they're still they still had comedy in it, like because that's the writing. Yeah. Uh, and it's, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't need filler. I don't need you I know. I mean, honestly, it would probably be better if every couple of years or whatever, the the manga author came out with a with a one shot or with a you know with a with a couple chapters or something like that and they could coordinate and make a and make a movie off of that um because like yeah that, that's people sort- are wanting an if scenario like what if so and so connect you know like the different shipping like branches and stuff like that yeah like you know there's now that they're together the show you know has reached its natural conclusion so you're running the risk of jumping the shark, I think, by kind of continuing on. I think there's probably still a couple more things there that they could do, but I'd be okay with it, you know, kind of just being it. Um, but then again, if they have more to do, I would at least give them, I would definitely, if they came with a movie or a whole other season, I'd definitely watch it, you know. And if it sucked or whatever, then I have to reassess whether or not I want to continue after that. But uh, they've definitely earned um me giving anything that they do a chance just because it's uh it's been so good all along oh yeah without a doubt i mean the uh i mean this series has been done for a, a little bit i believe uh so there shouldn't be anything really left yeah. uh as far as material though they can 
not knowing the manga, they could probably, you know, they could do anything from trying to get um, Kaguya's like, you know, family approval essentially to go overseas because there's that, there's that. Yeah, that is sort of hanging over. Yeah. I mean, that's a different sort of story because, you know, them, their cat and mouse game with each other has been the main point. But yeah, like them being separated by uh, their diverging paths of their future could be something that you would make. I would make a movie about that. I would, that's what I would do. But, but, uh, cause that's I mean, like just enough information, you know, just enough time to finish out a four episode arc of that, that you could really make pretty tight. Um, but you never know. You also got, you know, the potential, um, don't know if it actually ever comes out to anything, but like they've, they've seemed to be pushing, um, the, uh, what was it, Eno and, um, ishigami uh angle for for a while in the series i mean even during the culture festival just the simple like him giving uh her the heart that he found which was um kaguya's heart uh chain that fell you know and then her making a comment saying like she didn't want it anyways but she put it in the she put it in the donation box or not the lost and found box for like supposed to be for a few months or something she makes a comment and you know but they've they've been hitting hinting at that for a while and so it's like it could easily play into something like that. Um, I forget there was a a different manga altogether that uh, it was something like the this the uh, a gal girl is are now like now dating like the really uptight prefect or something like that, uh, and essentially she connects uh, like the two main characters connect uh, a couple of the other friends start hooking up and then it looks like the like last friends like are like they have no love interest, but they start talking and they start hitting it off and about books and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh yeah, we like this series, this series. Like, you know what I hate? It's like, and they were like, yeah, when they, when the last couple of characters are, are thrown together just because they're, they're remaining, you know? And then like that ends. And then like, they, they don't actually have a relationship. They just like, you know, they're a part of the same friend group. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that, that was good because that, that you felt like they were egging you on the entire way. But like, are they going to hook up? This is a weird match, but oh, they look, they're so good. I'm like, uh, and then they, they make fun of it at the end. I'm like, good, good for you. Good for just crushing everyone's else's expectations because that's stupid. You don't, not, not everyone needs to be hooking, hooking up. Not everyone needs to be a childhood friend. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. They totally so, yeah, that was, yeah. But that's how I feel about like you don't necessarily need just yes they're together uh they as far as they work together or like they're in the same group but they don't need to need to hook up um and I the the other thing I found really interesting about the movie was what little they showed of the previous student council president um, oh yeah actually the they showed because what we didn't know and it always felt really weird in the anime was when they were doing the culture fest how they had that random girl on the rooftop with a sleeping bag and it's like she happens to be like the daughter of a yakuza family okay um, and, and the girls who are doing the interview they're like as uh shirogane is painting the 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 dragon um uh like he's doing the paper mache dragon thing and she just happens to be there on the roof and they talk to her for like a little bit she she's an angry like you know uh girl or whatever and like it turns out she was already a part of the student council beforehand uh, you know, like, like, which, like, whoa, huge, you know, huge reveal. What? And then, like, he, she tells, um, Shogunai how to act and how that she, he needs to be more confident and he needs to play the part. Yeah. Um, 
and like Swagger, you know gives right? gives them gives them the big advice and i'm like you know like you know what that seems like a really interesting storyline to follow his first year like before becoming president that would uh... be i don't necessarily like a lot of prequel stuff but i found that that like that really piqued my interest that little snippet they showed uh and they also you know like you know they only showed other one one other interest when 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 he became uh when he got um recruited yeah. like that was it that was you've never seen the uh, the previous president any other time so it's just like that, that could that, be interesting it's a, it's you're right randomness yeah that, so. that, that could be pretty interesting because like you could have a different cast of characters with him in a different role and um yeah you could have a whole you could fit you could fit some pretty interesting stuff in there uh really mix it up a bit but yeah that'd be pretty cool yeah and then sadly no no new year's uh event with the ramen kings no, uh, yeah, that was, that was the last thing because they were in the opening credits. Like I they showed them, the they showed the three Rami, th- three guys and a girl, and then they showed um, Chica in the middle of them. I'm like, I'm like, wait, wait, and, you know, I was expecting more from them. Was or it something, three? But... I thought it was four Ramen Kings of Tokyo. Was it one of them? Just four, a... uh, three guys and a, three guys and a woman. Okay, um, and they only show like one guy and a woman Gosh. at the very end of the series, and then they showed them in the opening like uh, cinematic of the one of the episodes. That is or so the, funny. I forgot yeah. about the ramen kings of Tokyo. Man, they're so good. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, and uh, you know, it's, it uh, that well the the fact that they at the very end they showed the doctor uh, who helped uh, Shirogane, and he's just like, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's the doctor from like episode like one or two where she's like, my heart, I have a heart condition. Oh he's like, yeah. He's like, I need a new doctor. <laughs> the quack. <laughs> you know, it's just like I completely, uh. completely forgot. I'm like. So yeah, they had so many dro- Easter eggs dropped, and like they do a really good job of continuity. Yeah. Um, I give them a lot of credit for that. I mean, they, yeah, it was, it was really it was a it was a wonderful series. Glad I finished it. Uh, I'm only bummed that you know Ishigami got shot down. I wanted him to have a happy ending for a change. Yeah, well, there <laughs> may be more one of these days. Well, we'll see. But um, all right, yeah. Anyway, good show, good movie. I yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, well, on that note, uh, Nick, you should uh, go ahead and watch the two live action movies they have and let me know how that turns out. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll get right on it. All right. Well, thank you all for uh, making it this far, uh, if you did. And, you know, we really appreciate it. Uh, until next time, Nick, uh, what words of advice do you have for them? Uh, watch Kaguya-sama all the way through. <laughs> and if you have seen it, watch it again. Yep. Uh, after watching the main series twice, I I can say so. That's a good good advice there. All right. Well, thanks. Until next time, y'all have a good one. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs>